Welcome to the Joy Revolution Podcast, where you'll stop letting the chaos of adulting fuck with your joy of living. Because can we all agree that adulting is a lot? All the responsibilities, obligations, chores, all the things you gotta do so that you can look like you've got it all together. But that's only half the story. What about how your life feels on your insides? How come no one ever taught you about that? I'm Elizabeth Wallace, a certified integrative life coach here to school you on the essential skills of working with your internal world, your emotions, your nervous system, your bodily sensations, and your thoughts so that you can close the gap between a life that looks good on paper and a life that actually feels good to you on your insides. Let's dig in. All right, welcome back to part two of Decision Making Without Drama. This is episode 20 of the Joy Revolution podcast. And as promised, today we're going to talk about what happens on the other side of making a decision, right? Because a decision is a continuum, right? It's everything leading up to the decision, the actual decision gets made, and then there's the other side, Once you've made it, what happens then? This is a place of a a lot of sneaky drama about our decisions, right? This is the time when we start to wobble or doubt or start to look back and think, did I make the right decision, right? There's that, that word again from last night, right? The right, from last night, I mean last week. You know what I mean? (laughs) Did I make the right decision, that word right, as opposed to wrong, the good decision or bad decision? This is where decisions take up more space in our brains than they need to. And we're going to fix that today. (laughs) So number one, I do want to address the good decision, bad decision, right decision, wrong decision. This is one of the most common hangups in making a decision, right? That the process we talked about last week, as well as the way we judge ourselves for the decisions we've made. When we judge ourselves for uh, not having known or not knowing what the right decision is, aka the good decision, quote unquote, right? This is very deeply connected to both people-pleasing and whose voices are in your head, whether it's your mom or a teacher or your partner or people um, in the world, right? The other side of Instagram. I don't know if you could hear my dog walking down the stairs in the background there. Um, Thinking that there is a right decision or a good decision implies that there's a rule or a standard in place that you have to meet. And I want you to ask yourself, according to who? Right? Who gets to say whether my decision is right or good? And this is your opportunity to say, hey, that's bullshit. I'm going to take my power back. I make the rules. What rules do I want to have? What standards do I want to have in my life? There is no absolute right or wrong decision unless, of course, it is a question like, do I 
kill this person or not, right? <laughs> like, and I, I hope we're not making that kind of a decision, right? So this is, this is an opportunity as you are making any decision and as you are looking back at the decisions you're made to take your power back, to say, I get to decide what's right. I get to decide what is good for me, for me. That is the missing part, (laughs) right? There are right decisions and good decisions, but the missing part is right decision for you, good decision for you. I'm going to go through a couple of other decision-making roadblocks in a couple of minutes. But before I do that, I want to talk you through how do you feel good about your decisions after you've made them? And the simple answer is to love your reasons for having made the decision. And this is why part one is so important. So if you haven't listened to part one of Decision Making Without Drama, go back. It is last week's episode and listen to that. Because when you have given all the parts of you a seat at the table, your brain, your emotions, your sensations, and your inner voice, and you have chosen who you want to listen to, the reasons why you want to make a decision in a particular type of way, then it is so much easier to commit to those reasons, right? To love those reasons and commit to them. Because here's the truth of the matter. You could always flip-flop and be like, well, I, I guess I, I, like, I should have made a different decision or what if I had chosen this or that or the other thing, right? Like, There's always another side. Every decision we make always has another side. It's just that sometimes we create more drama around it than others. And so the way to cut down on that residual drama of after you make a decision, kind of overthinking it from a backwards looking perspective, is to be like, nope. I am committed to and I love my reasons for the for why I made that decision. I listened to my body on this one and you know what? That was right for me in the moment. And you might ask, okay, but Elizabeth, what happens if you make a decision based on, you know, decisions that you felt like were good at the time and it didn't go your, your way? Well, that's a very good question, right? How do you do that? And... The, my answer is that there are no wrong decisions, right? Whether or not you know it, you make all of your decisions based on something, right? Whether it's conscious or unconscious. And what you are learning and practicing listening to these episodes of the podcast is to make your decisions based on what feels true and good to you. You know, one of my favorite things that I learned in the first coaching certification I went through is you can't make a mistake. Thinking something is a mistake is just you looking back with the benefit of hindsight, right? And judging your decision because it didn't go the way you expected. But you can never know how things are going to go. So instead ground into knowing that you made the best decision for you that you could have made with the information you had. And again, this is why 
feeling good about the decisions you are making before you make them and as you're making them is so crucial because then you know in your bones and in your brain, right? Your entire being is like, yep, I made that decision for reasons that I feel good about because I made them with all the information that I had. I listened to myself and yeah, it didn't go the way that I that I expected because I couldn't have known the future. Every decision you're making is essentially a little bet, right? And sometimes those bets don't go our way. And that does not mean that we are bad or that we are wrong. That just simply means things didn't go the way that we expected them to go. That is going to happen. Another way to ease this mm, drama is to remember that, yes, your decisions aren't reversible. Like you can't go back in time and make a different choice, but you can decide that you don't like your previous decision and you get to choose again. You are allowed to change your mind. I mean, just say that again. You are allowed to change your mind. In fact, changing your mind simply signals growth and evolution. And that is something that we want over the course of our lives, right? And so if you are looking back on a decision and judging it and, you know, feeling some regret around it, well, then you get to ask yourself, how can I choose again? Right? If I change my mind, what does that mean for me moving forward? What's another option I haven't thought of yet? This is really helpful to employ as well if, you know, fearing that your decisions are irreversible or fearing the feeling of regret is holding you back from making decisions in the first place. To remember that, like, yes, none of your decisions are reversible, but you do get to choose again. You know, when I, I've had many different uh, phases of my working life. And prior to starting my own business as a coach three years ago, I was in a nine to five that was like everything I hated. It felt like the universe had served me up everything that rubbed against my soul and was like, deal with your shit, Elizabeth, right? And what was interesting was, the job I had before that, I loved. I was working um, for a yoga company as a teacher and a manager, and um, I loved it, but it wasn't working for me and my family and the sort of holistic life that I wanted in terms of the balance between how much I was working and how much I was seeing my partner. So I left that job and I started a new job. This was the fall of 2019. Yeah, fall of 2019. And it was a nine to five. It was a great title, great salary. It was, you know, a 15 minute drive. It was like work-life balance heaven, or so it seemed. Title heaven, salary heaven, but I hated it. Literally day one, I started this job and I was like, oh God, no. Oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? And two things were true in that moment. Number one, 
I had made the decision to take this job with as much information as I needed and had at the time. I was doing what I needed for myself. It was the best decision for me at the time. But that doesn't mean that I had to like the decision in terms of the way that it turned out after the fact. And remembering like, okay, I can choose again. That is what gave me the freedom to, and like the openness to figure out, well, what do I want instead? And ultimately that led me to coaching. Right? Becoming a full-time coach, having my own business, which is something I never thought that I would have had. That's a whole story for another day. All right, See that series of, of decisions to leave my job in the yoga world, to work in this nine to five, um, could very well have been a decision that I beat myself up for or judged myself for. But when I ground into, hey, you know what? This was right. At the time, this was a good decision. I can stand behind my reasons. And you know what? Didn't turn out the way that I thought. And so I get to choose again. That just simply gives you more freedom. And B, it allows you to, this is what people call call it when they say, you need to have your own back. Right? It's not shitting on yourself for stupid reasons. Right? And by stupid reasons, I mean, like, you're doing the best you can. It doesn't help to shit on yourself, right? So having your own back means standing in your decisions, knowing that you are making them with your full self and that you have the freedom to choose again. All right. So I want to talk about two other roadblocks to decision-making that can crop up either before you've made a decision or after you've made a decision. And the first is being afraid of how your decisions will be perceived by others. Now, here's the thing. People absolutely will have thoughts and feelings about your decisions. It would be rather unreasonable to think otherwise, right? But you have to remember that their thoughts and their feelings are a product of their lens, their body, their emotions, their sensations, their brain, their inner voice. And the way to counteract this fear is to get grounded in and love your reasons based on your brain, your body, your emotions, your inner voice. And then... As always, it always comes back to this, right? To support your nervous system and your emotional processing around other people's reactions, right? Reminding yourself, yeah, every single one of us is walking through life, looking through a lens based on the experiences that we have had, right? And the way we see things is based on what we have experienced previously. And so everyone is absolutely going to have a different take on your decisions, but how could they not? Right? Instead, let's flip it from how could they or why do they have thoughts and feelings about my decisions to how could they not? Of course they do. Yes. Let's expect that. And when you expect that, 
you're no longer feeling responsible for shifting that for them or trying to make decisions that are according to their lens or will please people through their lens, but instead saying, well, what's my lens, right? What am I listening to within myself? And working with your nervous system around, yeah, other people are going to have feelings. Maybe that doesn't feel so good, but let me do some, you know, rocking side to side or tapping or breathing with my double exhales, right? So that is number one. The other one that I wanted to discuss was decision fatigue. Oh, this is a big one, especially for parents. Oh my goodness. Um, And really for any adult, because it is freaking rough how many decisions there are to be made in a given day. Like it is insane. So it is important to give yourself time to intentionally not make any decisions. Right, to give yourself space to actually live your life and delegate decisions. Ask yourself, do I have the capacity to decide this right now in a way that feels good to me? Right, know that you will make all the decisions that you want to and need to in your life. So if you do not have the capacity to make a decision, you can ask to adjust your timeline. This goes for things like uh, deciding whether or not you're going to take a job. Ask for the weekend. Ask for a week. Give yourself the time to actually tune into yourself to make decisions, right? Or if you've got decision fatigue because you are planning all the things for the family and you're heading into a weekend and you don't have many plans, delegate that to your partner. Say, hey, I am just full up on decision making. I just, I can't. Right now, I don't have the capacity. Can you help by making a plan for Saturday? Right? Or with a friend of, you know what? I've just had such a busy week. Can you decide where we go out to dinner? I just can't right now. Right? You do have the ability to intentionally not make a decision. Now, I'm not saying to not make a decision out of avoidance, but not making a decision in order to give yourself the capacity to make a decision that you feel good about when you have regained your energy. All right, decision fatigue is real. So give yourself the space and the rest to come back to a place where you can tune into your full self because that really is the key to making decisions that feel good to you, decisions without drama. Thank you so much for listening. My hope is that every single one of these episodes brings you closer to a life that feels better to you on your insides. And if you're looking for more, you can find tons of tools and tips, ideas, and perspectives on my Instagram at Elizabeth the Joy Coach. And if you're curious about working together personally, you can find out more info about that on my website, which is linked in the show notes. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you are listening so that more people can join the joy revolution and get out from underneath the heaviness of adulting.